you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit www.therockonline.org. And now, a message from The Rock of Gainesville. It's an honor to have all of you here today with us. We bless you. Uh, we pray that uh, whatever, whatever you need from the Lord today that you're getting in this place, that God is here among us. We have been praying all week. You're going to hear another message today on prayer. And uh, I'm, giving, I'm giving up the uh, podium this morning for my man, Pastor Hector. And uh, he brought the best word he's ever preached in this house. No pressure there for the next service, but he brought a great word. I had all of his notes, and I wrote almost as many extra on top. Of, I told him if he needed a little help, he could have my notes for the second. But he, he brought a great encouraging word, a word of faith. And so I want you to stir your hearts to believe to receive this morning because as Jesus said, listen to me carefully, as Jesus answered the prayers of the disciples when they said, Lord, we've seen everything you do, but but we need to hear from you. We need to know we need to know how to tag into, tie into what you have with Father God. So this is what they said, Lord, teach us to pray. And I'm 61 years old, been walking with the Lord since I was eight years old. And I, I have experienced something this in the last week, unlike anything in my first 61 years of life. I have, uh, and, and, and I think some of it's y'all's fault because I'm telling you, we've been packing this house every morning this week with prayer and intercession. Every morning at 10 o'clock, my staff's been gathering up here for half an hour, doing nothing but praying over this house, praying over you individually, praying over you as families. We're standing in the gap. We're believing God to do something. We're asking God every single time we pray three things. We're asking God, Lord, help us to hear you. Help us to take spiritual Q-tips and clear out our ears because we need to hear from you. Secondly, we're praying for every one of our services. God, show up mighty. Show up big. We don't want to just have church. We don't want to play religion. Every time we gather, I want to hear from God. I want to feel his presence. I, I, I want to know that he is here because the word says wherever two or three are gathered in his name, he's going to be there in the midst of them. So when we gather, we come believing he's here. And when he's here, he touches us. You know how he touches me? If I got sin in my life, he touches me with conviction. He doesn't touch me with feel-good chill bumps. He touches me with conviction and draws me and says, is this really what you want the fruit of your life to be? And he me I might not even have realized it. And all of a sudden, because he loves me and he's not winking at my sin anymore, he's touching my heart and he's going, if you'll take care of this, man, I'll be able to do this in your life. Sometimes when we come, we just lift up holy hands, and all of a sudden we realize we got to put down holy hands because I got odd against somebody, and I got to go make that thing right before I can lift up holy hands. And that's the sweetness of God. That's not, I love that. I, I don't love how I feel when all of a sudden I realize I, I done messed up again. How many besides myself messed up at least once this week? Let me, I just want to know if I'm in the good company here, if I'm the only one always messing up. But, man, I, when I mess up, he loves me. Amen. And he's quick to, to just bring in his love and touch. Last week, for all of you that were here, you know uh, what I have in my hand. For all of you that weren't here last week, uh, we filled every chair, gave over 500 gifts of a book away last week. So if you were not here last week, uh, we want to get you this gift in your hand. It's for everybody. I don't care how young your children are, as long as it's not a coloring book. Um, we want them to take this. It's, it's titled, it's a prayer guide, and it's titled Pray For. So if you weren't here, even if you're a visitor, 
honor today. We want you to have this. So just lift your hand real high. We've got some beautiful ushers around here, and they'll get you a book. If you weren't here, you didn't get a book, hold your hand up high until you get it. Don't say, I'm going to use my spouse's book. Listen, all you spouses, tell your spouse, uh, you ain't touching my book. I've almost ripped my book up this week in one week alone, so I'm going to have to buy another one here. But, but the first one free, we want you to get it, and it's a prayer model. That a boy, Josh. Hold that hand up because you ain't using nieces. There you go. Listen to me. In this book, listen as you receive these books. In this book, first page is the content. Just tells you all the good stuff's in it. Second page and third page is really, it's an encouragement. It tells you how to use the book. It's an, exhort, uh, an encouragement, an exhortation from us just to help you to know how to use the book. And then, look, look up here, there are five model prayers and one of the chapters in here, matter of fact, this week on Tuesday, I told my staff, when we come back tomorrow morning, every single one of you come with a scripture that you're going to pray. So you can use the ones in the guide or you come up with your own. But I said, you can't preach. You can't get preachy on us. But you, I want you to pray one scripture. And man, we came in here and just declared over this whole auditorium and began to pray the word of God. I was so pumped up afterward, I could have preached 24 hours straight without looking at the Bible. It was just in me. That's what happens when faith rises up. All of a sudden, you begin to go, man, I don't care what all hell is against me with. All heaven is for me. And when we begin to know who we are in Christ Jesus, uh-oh, Hector, I'm feeling the preach coming on. When we begin to feel and know who we are in Christ Jesus, man, it will change our life. So I want to encourage you, take this book, use it, read it. I walk around with it. I've been writing notes all in it. I got my little yellow journal that I've been just writing everything. Man, I'm, I'm asking God. I'm writing it down, what I'm asking God. You know what? Prayed over a young man this morning. I said, look, when I pray in faith, I believe God's going to answer. So when you get home, find out what God did in your aunt's life. You, you call me back or come back to church next week and tell me because I'm believing for the good report of the Lord. Amen. God's wanting to show up. We're not playing church here. If all of this was was more religion and more church, I'd stay home. I'd go to Disney World. But I believe when we show up, God's showing up. And he's showing up to touch us, to receive from us, and to encourage us. So amen and amen. Put your hands together and welcome my man, Pastor Hector, as he comes to bring the word this morning. Amen. Wow, I got to follow that. It's a good day. Well, I'm excited to see all of you guys here in the house of God this morning, so thank you for being here. We are one week, one week into our season of praying and fasting, and I was thinking uh, earlier, and I thought, you know, if this first week is an indication of what week two and week three are going to be like, I'm telling you, I'm stirring my heart to believe. I'm convinced that this will be one of the greatest seasons in our church's history. Come on, you got to stir yourself to believe. 2019 will be a year like no other. That's our heart's cry. So today we're going to continue in our series, Pray First. I asked God during my preparations, I said, Lord, prayers, simple. Like, what can we possibly tell the people? And he quickly let me know, yes, prayer is simple, but its simplicity does not dis diminish its power nor its privilege. I'll say that again. Yes, prayer is simple, but it does not diminish its power nor its privilege. So let me pray and we'll get started. Father, in Jesus' name, help us to see the power and the privilege of prayer. 
in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. All right, so if you're taking notes today, I have four principles of prayer that we're going to take a closer look at. Also, we're going to consume a lot of word today. We're going to consume a lot of scriptures today. How many of you know that Jesus told Satan in the wilderness, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes forth from the mouth of God? How many of you also know that God speaks in a variety of ways? He speaks through your spiritual leadership. He speaks through your parents. He speaks through your friends, through your coworkers. He can speak to you in a dream. He can speak to you through a situation or a circumstance that you know in the depths of your soul that he has altered in your favor. God speaks, and he is speaking today, which is why Pastor George came up here to advertise that uh, Pray First Little Red book. It is chock full, chock full of the scriptures. God is speaking. We want to hear what God is saying. We want to hear and obey what God is saying. But how many of you know? That the most common way, the most trustworthy way that God speaks is through his word. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says, all scripture is breathed out by God. He spoke and faithful writers wrote it down. So I came across this book by John Piper. It's called The Morning I Heard the Voice of God. And he writes about the Bible this. Oh, how precious is the Bible. It is the very word of God. In it, God speaks in the 21st century. This is the very voice of God. By this voice, he speaks with absolute truth and personal force. By this voice, he reveals his all-surpassing beauty. By this voice, he reveals the deepest secrets of our hearts. No voice anywhere, anytime can reach as deep or lift as high or carry as far as the voice of God that we hear in the Bible. The scriptures, folks, are vital, vital to a healthy prayer life. So four principles of prayer. Here we go. First up, pray with humility. Pray with humility. In Matthew chapter 6, the disciples asked Jesus, Lord, can you teach us how to pray? And he outlines what has become known as one of the most famous prayers. It's called the Lord's Prayer. And it's rich in that Pray First little red book. There's a, um, it's unpacked beautifully to kind of show all the treasures that are hidden inside the Lord's Prayer. So definitely encourage, to, for, encourage you to dig into that. But equally intriguing for me are the handful of verses that are right before the Lord's Prayer. In Matthew chapter 6, in verse 5, Jesus says, When you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. In the message version, it says it this way. And when you come before God, don't turn that into a theatrical production either. All these people making a regular show out of their prayers, hoping for stardom. Do you think God sits in a box seat? Now, 
Imagine for a moment what incredible, what an incredible, incredible spectacle this must have been in Jesus' day. Surely there, there, there was hats, right? Really, really, really big hats, right? And probably a robe, right? On the street corner, there had to be some movement, right? Maybe some chanting. And I thought, what in the world would that look like today? Maybe it would be like, oh, celestial great one. I come before the supreme creator of the universe and all that lies therein. I, your humble and lowly servant, Hector, the second of Gonzales. I come humbly before thee to beseech of thee that you would bless Ralph our goldfish, Gimpy Finn. Help him, Lord. Now, imagine if I went on for another full 10 minutes and used like 10,000 more words just to pray over Ralph's Gimpy Finn. Now, question, would that draw you closer to God? Or would that draw you further away? It would draw you further away. If you watch anything like that, you'd be like, man, that looks exhausting. I don't want to do that. We'll leave that to the professionals. Leave that to the professionals. But when I process what Jesus was trying to say here, I thought, you know what? In my journey of faith, I don't really know of anyone that does that. I don't know of anyone who's super elaborate in their prayer. I, I thought, like, I, is this a thing? Like, are people, like, trying to show off their prayer prowess? Is there, like, some fantasy prayer league or something? Like, I just, it just wasn't clicking. It wasn't clicking. And then I thought, well, what if Jesus is saying, when you pray, don't act. Don't pretend. Stop faking it. Stop role playing. Because none of that reaches the heart of God. You see, these hypocrites, they were full of pride. So haughty, standing on the street corners. Hey, you lowly people walking around with sticks. <laughs> and your goats on strings. Look at how I pray. Right? They were so full of pride. And when we come to God, not as ourselves, we're coming to him with this sense of pride that we have to, like, preserve some kind of image. Or some pride to perform before God what we think he wants to see and hear. This is not the heart of God. Drop. All of that. Don't do any of that. Humble yourself like a child. In the next verse, Jesus says, when you pray to your father, when you pray to your father, when we come under the revelation that God has created a loving atmosphere, 
Because he has adopted us as a son or adopted us as a daughter, it changes the prayer game. It completely changes the prayer game. And the encouragement is to come into that place of prayer, into the very presence of God with humility, with humility. Tell your neighbor, pray with humility. All right, moving on. Point number two, pray with honesty. Pray with honesty. Now, this one's very closely related to humility. Still in Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, Jesus continues and he says, But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. The message version describes it this way. Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place. So you won't be tempted to role play before God. There's that humility thing. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God. And you will begin to sense his grace. Listen, guys, at face value, the secret place, super important. Got to have it. But what good is finding a secret place like your closet or your back porch or climbing into the bathtub at 5 a.m. in the morning. What good is that secret place if you're not going to be honest? It's, it becomes lifeless. The charge is to be honest. Jesus is saying, tear away the layers. Go into your room. Tear away the distractions. Shut the door. Tear away the role-playing and get alone with God and be honest. Do what you must to be honest with God. But maybe you're sitting here thinking, you know, I'm, I'm honest in my prayers. I don't, I don't role-play. Well, what if your role is a casual one? One that you've been playing so long that you don't even know that you're playing it. What if you don't realize that there is a lack of courage? There's a lack of courage and imagination in your prayer. You're fully satisfied praying these check-off box prayers of things that you're willing to ask God for but that's it. It becomes this routine. The same order every day. You step up. Oh, this looks great. Uh, Lord, I think I'm going to get, um, let's see here. I want to pray for my food, my sports team, and a good night's sleep. Amen. Hey. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Hey, guys. Hey, look, hey, on me. Yep, I got you. Lord, mm, I want to pray for my food, my sports team, and a good night's sleep. Amen. Look, I'm poking a little fun. But if our prayer life looks like that, what we're really saying is that our frustrations, our dreams, our questions... 
God, we're going to take those on on our own. It's the I don't need any help role. I don't need any help role. We lack the courage to be honest. So the question begs to be asked, well, what, are, what are we afraid of? What are we afraid of? This is our father, right? Let me ask you guys another question. When was the last time that you told God how you feel? When was the last time you got that kind of honest? Father, I'm scared. I'm lost. I'm so desperate. I'm confused. Lord, I just, I, I can't anymore. Father, this is so unfair. I am so angry. If I were a betting man and some of you left here today and began to pray prayers like that, I would, I would believe that that's most likely going to be one of the most honest prayers that you've prayed in a really long time. And what's beautiful about praying prayers like that is that they don't rattle God. They don't unnerve God. They don't push God away from you. On the contrary, prayers like that draw God in closer to you. See, because God is only interested in meeting with the real you. That's it. He's only interested in meeting with the real you. And honesty invites him in. Invites him in. And so, in verse 6, in the message version, it continued and it said, just be there as simply and as honestly as you can manage. Be present. Be present. There are no right words. It's not about eloquence or long-winded prayers. Be who you are before the one who created you. That's what he wants. He just wants you to be honest. And you know what else honesty does? I love this. This was something that was just super rich as I was praying through this and preparing. You know what else honesty does? The next verse, it said, the focus will shift from you to God, and you will begin to sense his grace. Listen, hear me. If you're faking it, you're not going to sense the presence of God. If you're faking it, you're not going to sense the very presence of God. God is only interested in meeting, again, with the real you, with the real you. And honesty also leaves it all on the table. Think about that. If you're honest with God, you're going to leave it all on the table. And that table, God's table, is full of safety and it's full of love. Some of you are going around dumping on the wrong tables. At God's table, you can have the courage to be honest because God's table is full of unconditional love for you. God loves you. 
There is nothing to fear with God. So tell your neighbor, pray with honesty. Number three, pray with hunger. All right, I chose this word because I thought it best summarized this thought. Prayer is a powerful privilege. We are called to access it with intentionality by adding God-glorifying disciplines that show our hunger for its value. I'll say it one more time. Prayer is a powerful privilege. We are called to access it with intentionality by adding God-glorifying disciplines that show our hunger for its value. I recently heard uh, Craig Rochelle say the following. He said, successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. If you see someone who is thriving spiritually, they are close to God. They are consistently living in the disciplines that draw them closer to God. You see that? And prayer, prayer is no different. Prayer is not for casual inquirers. It's not. Though God is gracious and merciful, God is seeking those who desire to diligently seek him as father. There is an element of responsibility. Jeremiah 29 verse 12 through 13 says, Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. There are those who pray, who do not seek God with all of their heart, because God is not first in their lives. Well, the Bible's got quite a bit to say about that. 1 Peter 3, 12. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Proverbs 15, 29. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayers of the righteous. Psalm 66, 18. If I had cherished iniquity in my heart, but the, um, excuse me, uh, if I had cherished iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. Isaiah 59, 2. But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God. And your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. John 9, 31. We know that God does not listen to sinners. But if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. So right out of the gate, abundantly clear. There are two types of prayer. Those offered up by the righteous and those offered up by the unrighteous. It's so easy in life to drift away like on the Broadway. It's so easy to drift away from the incredible and powerful truth that prayer to God is exclusive. There are terms. There are conditions. It's a privilege. Life beats us up. Life keeps us busy. We wane in the waiting and we lack, we lack the 
the, the willingness to stay committed to those disciplines that produce life in us, all because we forget or because we lose sight of the value of prayer. This is what happens. Because this is true. Anything that you value, you're going to rightly pursue. Bottom line, anything that you value, you're going to rightly pursue. And prayer is supposed to be hungered for through discipline. And how many of you, like me, are thankful that God supplies all the grace that we need to walk in those disciplines? I'm so grateful. 1 John chapter 3, 22 and 23 says, And whatever we ask, we receive from him. That's a beautiful, fruitful prayer life. Because, here comes the discipline, we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. And this is his commandment, that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, just as he has commanded us. We know, faith without works is dead. That's another Bible scripture that I'm not putting up on the screen. John 15, 7, if, if, you abide in me and my words abide in you. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. You see, abiding is a knowing that increases over time. It's a process of becoming one. It's like making a home together. So, for example, I abide with my wife. 13 years strong. It's been good. So good. We abide together and no one as a result no one knows me like my wife and this knowing has led to an abiding and the abiding has led to a oneness that we both just enjoy so my boys know if they ever hit me up yo 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 what up hack what's going on bro t shake Yo, check this out. All the fellas, we're breaking free tonight. We're going to go stuff our faces with some extra crispy wings. And then we're going to go watch that new superhero movie. Yo, Hans Brolo. Broba Fett. Yo, Hack, are you in? What's up? My first response is going to be, why are you talking like that? None of my friends talk like that. No, really, my first response is going to be, sounds cool, let me check with Sandra. You see? Now that's a discipline that I've developed out of an abiding with her, an abiding that I treasure, okay? That is the discipline that I've added to my life. And you know what? That's not an emasculating thing. That's not a weak thing. On the contrary, that's a strength thing. That's an honoring thing. That's an abiding, producing life kind of thing. And if you don't believe me, fellas, listen. Let your boys hit you up, right? Want to go out on the town and go off with them without telling your wife. And then let me know how that works out for you. Seriously. 
Hashtag don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. Read some books. Stay home. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, pray with hunger. Pray. All right. Last but not in the slightest bit the least. Pray for harvest. Pray for harvest. To me, this last one is the fruit that comes from praying with humility to God, praying with honesty to God, and praying with hunger to God. To me, a desire to pray for the harvest is a natural outworking of these three elements thriving in our lives. Why? Because God wants to save his children. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. God's in the business of saving his children. You know, close to two years ago now, I took a class here through our Connect Group-based uh, teaching institute um, with our very own L. Clark. He had a class that was called Four Keys to Hear God's Voice. Super awesome class, had a lot of great takeaways, but this was one of my favorites. L. said, intimacy with God is a strategy for growing more like Christ. And at the same time, intimacy with God is so much more than a strategy. In a sense, intimacy with God is the gospel. Man, I sat there and it blew my mind. Think about it. The good news of the gospel, of, of the gospel has come to us to bring us back into intimacy with God. And now that we're having the opportunity to enjoy this intimacy with God, it fills with joy. It fills with peace. It fills with a sense of life. That's what we get to experience in this intimacy with God. And it bubbles, oh, it bubbles over to such an extent that it cannot be contained. It has to be poured out as good news for others. Luke chapter 10, verse 2. These were his, him being Jesus, his instructions to them. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into the fields. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 through 38. Jesus traveled through all the towns and the villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless. Like a sheep, like sheep without a shepherd. He said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. 
ask him to send more workers into his field. The first call to action from Jesus himself with regards to so many who need to hear the good news is to pray. Pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into his field. I want to ask you to do something. If there's an empty seat next to you, I want to, I want to ask you to stand up. On either side of an empty seat, if there's an empty seat next to you, I want to ask you to stand up. I dub you here and now as a representative of someone who's out there on the field of life that God desires to harvest, that God desires to reveal himself to. These 21 days of prayer and fasting have not been entered into casually. Pastor George and the leadership of this church and many of you have sensed that this year will be like a year like no other. Our hearts were stirred with expectation for growth. We're declaring that this will be a year of increase in our house. We're believing and declaring growth in favor, growth in your health, growth in your finances, growth in your businesses, growth in your personal walk with God, growth in your, in your ability to pray to God, in your prayer life with God. We're believing for growth in the number of people that would gather as a community of faith in this place and become family. That's what we're believing for. And if that's you, I want to ask you, the rest of you to stand up. I want to ask the rest of you to stand up. If you believe, if you have a hunger, if you have a desire to see God's name glorified throughout our community, let's do exactly what Jesus instructed us to do. He said, pray to the Lord of the harvest. Pray to the Lord of the harvest and ask him to send out more workers into the field. So if, you, if that's your heart, lift up your hands with me. And let's pray. Jesus, we are moved by what you're doing in us. We are moved with hope and faith that you're stirring within us. Jesus, we are moved for our community just as you are moved for our community. Lord God, you say that the harvest is great. You say that the harvest is plentiful. You say that the harvest is ripe. And then you ask us, Lord, to pray to you, you who are in charge of the harvest, to ask you to send out more laborers, to send out more workers. And so, Lord, we come before you as a people, recognizing that your name needs to be lifted up even higher because you're worth it. This city needs to see more of your glory. And so we're standing together in faith, in the place of agreement. Asking you, Lord, send out more laborers. Send out more laborers into our community. Lord, we declare, send us. Send us, Jesus. We're willing to go. We cannot contain the goodness that you have done and performed in our lives. God, it's spilling over. We want others to know 
We recognize that others need to know. And so we pray, hear us, Lord, as we declare and we prophesy that this year will be a year of increase in our church. That's what we're believing for. And we ask all of this in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, if you agree, lift up your voice and let out a shout to the Lord of the harvest. Hallelujah. Bless you, mighty God. All right, go ahead and be seated. There's one more prayer that I want to pray. If you have been sitting here today or watching online, and you well know that you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you well know that you don't have the prayer life that I've described, but you want to know him, you want to pray to him. Well, I got good news. Today is a great day to start. It would be my honor to introduce you to Jesus and lead you and guide you in your very first and simple prayer. So with every head bowed, no one looking around, this is between you, me, and God. God is here for you. If you're watching online, God is for you. He desires to reveal yourself, himself to you. So if that's you, if you know God is calling you to something more, if you know God is calling you to be honest, to be humble, to hunger for all that he has for you, which rises well above all that you have currently, God has a great purpose and plan for you. If that's you, shoot up your hand so I can see it on the count of three. One, two, three, hands up. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes. Come on, lift them up high. This is a great day. Believers in this house are rooting you on. They're cheering you on. Why? Because they experience an equal day, a day just like this. Bless you, mighty God. Now I want to invite all of you, especially those of you who raise your hands here in the congregation and those watching online or listening in. Repeat after me. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you lived on the earth, lived perfectly, died on the cross for me, and rose from the dead. Jesus, you are Lord of all. I am a sinner, and I ask you to forgive me. I receive right now your forgiveness and your grace to, be, to begin walking out the life you created me to live. May this be the beginning of a fruitful prayer life with you. In your holy name I pray. Amen, amen. Well, bless you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this message from The Rock of Gainesville. For more information about our church, visit www.therockonline.org.